Hi, hi, hi. It's time to hit the math grind. This is After Class with Miss Donovan, the podcast. This is Geometry. Our episode is 4.5 because we are doing our week four and a half overview since our assessment is on Monday. We're going to go over everything we did this week. And then at the end of the episode, we are going to go over our assessment. So make sure you stay tuned and listen to that. Um, so I think it's time to get into the topics. Okay, let's go over Wednesday. On Wednesday, our target was I can use the distance formula to find the distance between two points on the coordinate plane. It was 5-1 in your book, and you had a worksheet for homework, but you didn't do all the problems on the worksheet. So if you haven't turned that in, you can still turn it in for full credit, so make sure you did that. We started on page 51 in our book, and we were talking about the distance formula. So we used two different ways to solve Um, distance between points on a coordinate plane. So the points created a line segment, and you could either use A, the Pythagorean theorem, or B, the distance formula. Make sure you know how to use both the Pythagorean theorem and the distance formula to figure out the length of a segment or the distance of a segment because they will both be on your quiz. Okay, so in the first part, you were given a line segment, and then you had to create, so you had to draw a horizontal line Um, connecting the point, um, the one point from one of the lines to a vertical line from the point to the other to create a right triangle. You then counted how long the horizontal line was and how long the vertical line was. And from there, you used A squared plus B squared equals C squared, and you plugged in the numbers. So again, we used the Pythagorean theorem, which we know. So we used the leg squared the side the distance of a leg squared plus the distance of the other leg squared should equal the distance of the hypotenuse squared the line segment we were trying to figure out the distance of is always the hypotenuse so make sure you're paying attention to that there will be one problem like that on the quiz and then we went into the distance formula so what is the distance formula the distance formula is d equals the square root in parentheses of x2 minus x1 n parentheses square that whole thing plus in parentheses y2 minus y1 n parentheses squared that. So the square root of x2 minus x1 squared plus y2 minus y1 squared. That is important, so important that you know that and don't confuse that with the midpoint formula because both are going to be on your assessment. So then all we did is we would be given to two coordinate points from the plane and we would plug those in. So remember one coordinate point would be x1 and y1, the other would be x2 and y2, and we would plug it in. So we'd add the x's together and then square it, and then we'd add the y's together and then square it, and then we'd add those two numbers together, and then we'd take the square root of that. So again, the distance formula, all it is is using that formula and plugging it in So make sure you are comfortable using it and make sure you have it memorized because I'm not going to give it to you. So that's it for Wednesday. Let's move on to Thursday. Okay, just remember Thursday. Thursday. Can you remember Thursday? (laughs) Yeah, so Tuesday? (laughs) Thursday. Look, if you need help remembering, just think of it like this. The third day, all right? Monday, one day. Tuesday, two day. Wednesday, when, huh? What day? Thursday. (laughs) 
Okay, we are now talking about Thursday, and on Thursday, we focused on our midpoint formula. We wanted to, our target was, I can use the midpoint formula to find coordinates of a midpoint of a segment on the coordinate plane. We started at page 56. Your homework was on page 58, 9 through 13. If you haven't turned that in yet, you can still turn it in for full credit, so make sure you do so. Okay, so on page 56, we started with identifying what is the midpoint. So the midpoint is a point on a segment that divides the segment into two congruent sides. So that means you're dividing one segment into two smaller segments, but those two smaller segments are equal to each other. So then we looked at our table, and um, or we had a we had a plane, we had a coordinate coordinate plane, an x y plane, and we had a bunch of segments, and we were kind of guessing, just like looking at where we would use to find the midpoint and how we would use to find it. Um, so then we were trying to figure out what some similarities because we filled in this table of it. And basically we found out that the x-coordinate of the midpoint is the averages of the x-coordinates of the endpoints. And then we found out the same thing for y. So the y-coordinate of a midpoint is the average of the y-coordinates of the endpoint. Then you were given the midpoint formula. Remember, the midpoint formula is written as a coordinate point. So your answer should be something, it should be x comma y. Written as a coordinate point. If you don't write it as a coordinate point, it will be counted wrong on your assessment. So for our midpoint formula, we had m equals. So in parentheses, for our x coordinate point, we had x1 plus x2 divided by 2, comma. And then so our y coordinate point would be y1 plus y2 divided by 2 which makes sense because we're taking the average of the x values for the x coordinate and then we are taking the average of the y values for the y coordinate. And then you were just asked to plug it in. So we are given a couple points. Remember x1 and y1 come from one point and x2 and y2 come from another. And all we did is we would plug in the numbers into our midpoint formula, again written as a coordinate point. Then we would solve, figure out what the averages were, and then our answer, again, was always written as an xy coordinate point. That is super, super important for our midpoint formula, written as an xy coordinate point. So that is all we did on Thursday, so it's time to get into Friday. It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down Friday. Okay, let's get into Friday's topic. It was 6 one so our target for today was I can write two column proofs to prove theorems about lines and angles and use the definitions, properties, postulates, and theorems to justify those statements. Your homework was on page 68, 4 through 9. You still have time to finish it and complete it. If you haven't, I will take it for full, full, full credit, so make sure you do. You also had your optional assessment review because your assessment or your quiz was on Monday. So this lesson, I believe personally, is probably the hardest lesson we have to do so far because we are trying to use our inductive and deductive reasoning to justify a proof. So remember, a proof is an argument, a justification, or a reason that something is true. A proof is an answer to the question why when the person wants an argument that is indisputable. So we are using indisputable evidence to prove a statement. So there are three basic requirements for constructing a good proof. Awareness of the knowledge of the definition and the terms related to what you are trying to prove. So again, awareness of the knowledge and definitions of the terms related to what you are trying to prove is kind of our main sticking point for this lesson. 
knowledge. The second one is knowledge and understanding of postulates and previous proven theorems related to what you are trying to do. Again, another sticking point. And then the third thing is the knowledge of the basic rules of logic. So here we basically, we didn't write any full proofs. All we did is we would have a statement and then we figured out the justification. So it was one statement and one justification. So we had the first table, for example, A, we did all five statements together. Then you were supposed to pause the video and do all five statements on your own and then watch and make sure your justifications were correct. So basically, I'll go over one of the statements we did together. It said if angle ABE is a right angle, then the measure of ABE is equal to 90 degrees. So we had an if-then statement, our conditional statement. How we weren't told that we were given a picture. We weren't told anything by the picture. We didn't know if any angles were right angles. They didn't tell us that in the picture. But in this if-then statement, our if, our hypothesis says it is a right angle, and that means then it is 90 degrees. So if the hypothesis is true, then the conclusion is supposed to also be true. We justified this by the definition of a right angle. Because again, if you have a right angle, by definition, it is equal to 90 degrees. So we need to make sure we are going through the thought process of each statement and figuring out what the justification is, whether it is a property we have already learned or a definition we have already learned, or maybe a postulate. So we went through a bunch of things we've already learned. Again, everything on your assessment is going to be something we've already learned. It's not going to be something you haven't learned because I'm not that mean. Um, so then um, we're going to go through another one. We're going to go through one of the ones you were supposed to do on your own. So we had, it said, if the measure of angle one plus the measure of angle five equals the measure of angle six plus the measure of angle five, then the measure of angle one equals the measure of angle six. So basically, what we did here is we set that up as an equation, and then we tried to isolate the measure of angle 1. So we subtracted the measure of angle 5 from both sides, and we got the measure of angle 1 equals the measure of angle 6. Our justification for that is the subtraction property of equality, our subtraction POE. When you actually subtracted the measure of angle 5 out from both sides, we got the measure of angle 1 equals the measure of angle 6, which is what we wanted to get. So again, it could literally be anything we've learned, any of our properties of quality, any of the postulates, our segment addition postulate, our um, angle bisector definition, our perpendicular lines definition. So again, you must think through what you're talking about. I really recommend doing the 6-1 practice that you're supposed to do your homework. It is going to be super helpful as well as the problems on your optional assessment review. This is probably going to be the hardest part of the assessment, but don't worry, this is only our first time seeing it, so you'll see it two more times after this. So this is it for Friday. We're going to get into our assessment overview, so make sure you stick around and listen to that. Monday, Monday, Monday. Monday, Monday, Monday. It is time for our optional assessment review, or not the optional assessment review. It is our assessment overview. My B, I have the assessment number five right in front of me, and I'm going to go through it each and everything so you know what you need to know. So on this assessment, let me check real quick. It looks like there's about six targets. Yeah, there are six targets being tested. Some of the targets you've already tested over twice, so you can skip them. 
So let me just check and make sure that you know which targets those are. So if you check your grade and you like your grade for targets 3-3 and 4-1, you can skip those targets. You are seeing target 4-2 for the second time, so you cannot skip that target and the rest of them you haven't seen yet, so this will be your first time seeing it. So targets 3-3 and 4-1, check your grades, see if you like it. And if you like it, feel free to skip the first page of the assessment. But you have to do all of the second page and all of the third page. Okay, so for our first page, we start with target 3-3. I can write and determine the truth value of the converse, inverse, and contrapositive of a conditional statement and write, the, write and interpret biconditional statements. You need to know the definition of a biconditional statement. You're having a true-false uh, question. Again, read the true-false question really carefully then you're going to be asked to write the inverse of a statement. So make sure you know the difference between the converse, the inverse, and the contrapositive. So again, you need to write the inverse. This is what you get for listening to the podcast. You get little hints. Our next target learning target is 4-1. You can also skip this one if you've done good on this and you like your grade, but you do not have to. If you want to try and raise it, definitely do it. It is I can find the lengths of a segment by applying the segment addition postulate or using the definition of a midpoint. So then you're going to have two questions. They're going to be very similar to the last um, assessment. They're also going to be very similar to your optional assessment review. You're going to be at, you're going to be told that point A and point or point A lines between point L and U. And then you're going to be told the coordinate of L and the coordinate of U. And you need to figure out where point A lines. What is the coordinate of A? So make sure again, you should subtract. You should do point U minus point L divided by whatever the number um, is, whatever whatever the distance is. It's going to say like A is like a fourth of LU, or it's going to say it's like a third or a half. So make sure you're paying attention. Then you're going to be told for your second one that R is the midpoint of a line segment, AL. You're going to say AR is equal to something and AL is equal to something. Remember when you're trying, you want to solve for X. When you're trying to solve for X and you have a midpoint, um, and you are told that one of the sections of the midpoint is equal to something, the other section of the midpoint is also equal to that. So if you're told AR is equal to X plus 5, RL is also equal to X plus 5. So you would have X plus 5 plus X plus 5 equals whatever the distance of the whole segment is. A lot of you just put those two segments up equal to each other when that was untrue. You only had half the segment, so again, if you have a midpoint, you have to multiply it by 2 before setting it up equal to the whole segment. Then we have 4-2. This is the second time you're seeing this. You can find the measure by applying the angle addition postulate or the definition of an angle bisector. So you're going to have to do one of the angle addition postulate and the other for the angle addition bisector. So again, angle addition postulate, you just add the two angles together and get the whole angle. For the angle bisector, um, you're going to have a bisector that splits the angle into two congruent parts. You're going to be told the measure of the whole angle and the measure of one of the congruent parts, and you want to figure out the measure of the other congruent part. There are expressions in this, so it has an x value. So you need to make sure you solve for x. So again, you need to multiply the angle bisector length by 2 and then add that or set that equal to the um, angle length, angle measure of the whole big angle, and then solve for x. Once you have x, plug it back in. If you do not plug it back in, you are not done.
So that's section 4-2 you have to do again. Now we're going to get into our three new sections. So we have 5-1. I can use the distance formula to find the distance between two points on a coordinate plane. First question, you have to use the Pythagorean theorem to find the distance between a line segment. And the second one, you have to use the distance formula. So you have to remember, one, to use the Pythagorean theorem, and then the other, to use the distance formula. So make sure you know what the distance formula is, because I'm not giving it to you. So that's something you got to memorize, okay? Um... Then for we have section 5-2, I can use the midpoint formula to find the coordinates of a midpoint on a, on a segment. For one question, there's two questions. You're given the midpoint coordinates. Another question, you're given a graph and you have to find the coordinates in the midpoint based off that graph. So again, make sure you remember the midpoint formula and that the midpoint formula is written as a coordinate point that is how it is answered. If your answer is not in a coordinate point, you have done it wrong. So make sure your answer is a coordinate point. Otherwise, I'm going to have to take points off, even if you have both the right ants, both the right numbers. Okay, our last section is 6-1. What you're going to be asked to do is you're going to have a picture and you're going to be asked to write the definition, postulate, or property to justify the statement based off the picture. Do your homework for 6-1. It's going to be so helpful. So, so helpful. Wink, wink. You might see some similar problems. So make sure you do the homework because it's going to be very extremely helpful. You don't need to show any work for this. I just want you to write the definition, the postulate, the property to justify the statement. So say you use the definition of angle bisector to justify one of the statements. You're just going to type out definition of angle bisector. Say you used complementary angles. You're just going to write the definition of complementary angles. Say you use the angle addition postulate. You're going to write, I use the angle addition postulate. That's all you need to write for that. I don't want a lot of work. I mean, show me your work if you'd like to. It's all up to you. But again, I just need the scent. I just need the postulate or the property um, or the definition you use to justify the statement. So that is all for the assessment. It is three pages long. It has six targets on it, but you can skip the first two if you like your grades for 3-1 and 4-1. Um, but make sure you do the rest of it. So that is it for our assessment overview. Let me know if you have any questions. And good luck. You got this. So that is it for our week four and a half. After class episode, that is so exciting, Geometry. You're going to do great on your assessment on Monday. So make sure you let me know if you have any questions. I'll be available via email over the weekend. But also, I have office hours from 2.10 to 3 o'clock after school every day. So make sure you stop by if you need anything. And I guess I'll see you in class. <laughs>